Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What, which, this, that, or the other? From Bonnaroo to Coachella, traversing the music festival landscape can be tricky. That's where we come in with high fives for everyone. The What Podcast with Brad, Barry, Lord Taco, dedicated to exploring the entire festival scene. Brad has worked in the radio industry for more than 20 years and currently lives in Brooklyn, where he is program director for three stations, including one in New York, one in Detroit, and one in Miami. Barry's been a reporter for the Chattanooga Times Free Press, covering all aspects of the entertainment industry since 1987. That's before you were born. Lord Taco, the smart guy who makes these podcasts on our website at thewhatpodcast.com work. Also really good at identifying babies, loves blue-haired moms, PBR, and his beautiful Volkswagen bus. We all fell in love with the Bonnaroo Festival years ago, not only because of the amazing bands that play there every year, but also because of the incredible community spirit that has developed around it. Radiate positivity. And we really like talking about the inside baseball stuff when it comes to putting on a huge music festival. So join us. You can hear the What Podcast on the Consequence Podcast Network or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome to Good for a Weekend, the podcast where two friends talk about Taylor Swift. I'm Cressy Cornis. And I'm Allie Klebus. And in this episode, we're going to give you an overview of Fearless Taylor's version, its background, reception, the major differences between it and the original album, the bonus tracks, our personal highs and lows, and we're going to finish it with our listener emails and hotline messages from y'all. Yes, we are so excited. This has been much anticipated between us and um <laughs> hopefully you guys but yeah let's get into it let's start with some of the basic facts about fearless taylor's version which for this episode we're gonna say fearless tv because i feel like it's gonna be <laughs> annoying if we say taylor's version literally every single time yeah so is that cool with you ali that's we... cool with me ftv okay, ft cool <laughs> that's too short too shortened we can't go that far yeah no i I like it okay so fearless tv was released on april 9th 2021 through republic records and was produced by taylor swift christopher rowe jack antonoff and aaron Dessner. it includes all 19 tracks that were on the original platinum edition of fearless back in 2008 plus today was a fairy tale and six songs from the vault a.k.a. songs that were cut from the 2008 version and never got recorded any other way. Mm-hmm. While we don't know the full numbers yet since it just came out, like we don't know what it's going to debut on Billboard 100 or 200, mm-hmm. I feel like it's, I think it's going to go number one on the album charts. I would say so. I've been streaming it just like I stream any new Taylor release. And that's not even just mm-hmm. to like for the principle of it. It's like I literally can't stop listening to it physically. I just can't. 
So I feel like there's a lot of other Taylor fans doing that. Yeah, and I know it's um, one of the three albums this year that has sold over 500,000 physical copies, which is an amazing yeah. feat. That means that's also crazy. Like, yeah, in 2021 so far, only three albums have sold over half a million copies. You could not say that like a decade ago. Taylor's Metacritic score for Fearless TV is an 85 right now, based on 14 total reviews so far as of recording this. For reference, the 2008 version has a 73. So it is already outperforming its predecessor, I guess is the correct Mm -hmm. term to use. Rolling Stone gave it four out of five stars. It debuted number one on Spotify for both global and U.S. albums. And on its first day, it got 50,241,490 streams on Spotify, making it the sixth biggest album debut on Spotify for a female artist. So it's safe to say it's a pretty big success for the one week it's been out so far. Yeah, and I would also say it makes a lot of sense to me that it would have a higher Metacritic score because kind of what they keep mentioning and things like that is they've had years and years practicing these songs. How often do you get to go back to a project such as an album and like tweak those little things that you wish you tweaked later on you know like once you like Mm -hmm. produce something I feel like there's I mean I don't work in the music industry so I don't know for sure but like I feel like they must have like little things from albums every once in a while that they're like oh I just wish I did this instead of that or you know in speak now world you know I wish I didn't record better than revenge or like you know like different things like that but yeah not to get too deep. We don't have to go into the Speak Now re-recordings yet. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like um, the difference between a first draft and a second draft. Not that the yeah. 2008 version was a first draft, but you know what I mean? Just like how much things can grow from like your original uh, completed work. Yeah, and I feel like no matter how good something is, there's always going to be room for improvement, especially with something as like you know, fluid as music. Like, I feel like there's always going to be a way to improve something on an album. So I feel like she's in a really rare position for many reasons right now, re-recording her music, but like, especially because she gets to make those tweaks to her project from when she was so young compared to now, you know? So I feel like there's just, obviously, it makes a lot of sense to me that the Metacritic rating is so much higher than the original, even though the original was phenomenal as well. We have to give props to the original because it has four Grammys. And to this day, it is the highest selling country album of all time, like in the entire world. Oh, I mean, I would never, ever shit on Fearless original. So we have to bow down to Fearless OG. I know. Because it was that bitch. It was that bitch. Like, you're completely right. I mean, it honestly shaped her career you know from the start pretty much and then also like I just feel like the innocence of it but we'll get into all that later like we'll talk about the difference yes yeah why don't you take it away Allie what's different between this tv and og I'm going all in with the acronyms (laughs) I know (laughs) just to reiterate Fearless TV is Fearless Taylor's version. You're not missing, like, a new, like, <laughs> Fearless TV, like, release yeah. or something. Um, but Fearless TV is a very close replication of the original. It has, like, some slight differences and improvements here and there, which we are going to go into way more depth a little bit later. But 
Since the original Fearless was recorded when Taylor was 18 and she's 31 now, her voice is obviously a lot mature and stronger. And Taylor talked about this and she said, quote, in terms of production, I really wanted to stay very loyal to the initial melodies that I had thought of for these songs. And so we really did go in and try to create the same but better version. We kept all the same parts that I initially dreamed up for these songs, but if there was any way that we could improve upon the sonic quality, we did. I did go in line by line and listen to every single vocal and think, you know, what are my inflections here? If I can improve upon it, I did. But I really did want this to be very true to what I initially thought of and what I had initially written, but better, obviously. End quote. And most critics agree. The album has a richer and fuller sound than the original recording. There are less background vocals and it's overall less breathy, according to musical experts. I feel like I can even, you know, agree with that. I mean, I kind of hear it too, don't you? Like, I can hear where it's Mm -hmm. a little bit elevated. Um, I feel like a little bit of the maturity of folklore, I can kind of hear intertwined within Mm -hmm. uh, fearless television. Television. Fearless TV. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm really confusing everyone. Do you even say like the word television in real life? Like, do you say, do you want to watch television? I'm so confused. I I had to write it in so many papers when I was in media studies. I couldn't write TV. I always say television. And now you have to say TV. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) You could say Taylor's version if you want. Whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah, fearless TV. But let's just continue. Um, Professor of commercial music Michael A. Lee did a amazing deep dive of the album explaining all the technical differences. Here's what he told Entertainment Weekly about how the individual instruments were given a fuller sound. Quote, The original version is very much a country record of how it recorded the instruments, and on this, we're getting way more full body. The overall effect is just fuller, louder, a little more compression, which is sort of the technical tool that we use to get a little bit of that fuller sound. And the end result is just a way more modern kind of sound. For instance, on change, the tambourine is louder and the guitar solo is less distorted and louder at parts while the electric guitar in Fearless is more prominent, especially in the fade-out at the 353 mark, and in Hey Steven, the cymbal hits in the interlude are much louder, end quote. Professor Lee also shared that it sounds like the instruments were mic'd closer than in the original album, which is noticeable in the guitars in Breathe and Today Was a Fairy Tale, and the strings in You're Not Sorry. Professor Lee also said that there are two songs with different tempos on Fearless TV. The Best Day is slightly slower by like two seconds, and Untouchable is about a second faster. I actually find this to be very interesting because I kind of felt that way throughout some of the sad songs in TV. I felt like they were faster tempo, but I feel like it could just be the like fuller instrumentals made them feel faster Mm -hmm. to me or just heavier, I guess, but... Not necessarily in a bad way, but yeah, like just slightly different. So hearing this made me feel a lot more sane because I love Untouchable, love the original, love the new recording, but something was just different about it, you know? And my Mm -hmm. ear couldn't figure out what was different other than her more mature 
vocals, obviously. So knowing uh-huh. that it's like a, a second faster, like that minuscule difference is like, oh, so like that's why it's like a little different, even though it's like a millisecond different of a tempo. I feel like I always pick up on the tempo thing. When I was at the Ed Sheeran tour, I felt like he was singing all of his songs faster than the usual. And I'm like, I get really mm-hmm. upset when that happens. But I felt like I kind of <laughs> noticed that. And then with Untouchable, I just have to say before I forget, and I might just be crazy, but I swear in the original, she ends the song with a, oh, 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 and it's like three syllables. And I think she ends it with just two syllables in the new version. And I was a little upset. Interesting. Because it was like, I don't know, a little more attitude-y, you know? Whoa. Mm -hmm. And then instead of just the classic, (laughs) oh. I'll have to listen for that the next time I listen, which will probably (laughs) be very soon because I love that song. I know. It is so good. It's gold. But why don't we talk about the bonus tracks? Yeah. So there were six bonus tracks, including You All Over Me featuring Maren Morris, Mr. Perfectly Fine, We Were Happy, that's when featuring Keith Urban, don't you? And bye bye baby. So Allie, before we get into all of our favorite parts of the new bonus tracks, do you want to guess which four were produced by Jack Antonoff and which two were produced by Aaron Dessner? Now that you know kind of their their sound differences, why don't you take a stab at it? I know Mr. Perfectly Fine is Jack Antonoff. Ding. Right. <laughs> Um, I feel like Don't You was also Jack Antonoff. Ding. Correct. Yes. That one is so Jack Antonoff. Like the first time I heard it, I was like, this is a Jack one. Yeah. Don't You and Mr. Perfectly Fine, I feel like are very glaring. Okay. Oh. Okay. We Were Happy was Jack Antonoff. Wrong. Mer- no. <laughs> no. Aaron Dessner. Okay, let me take another stab. So now you have one more to guess for Aaron, and then the rest are Jack. Okay, maybe I'll guess the Aaron one next. You All Over Me was Aaron. Yes, ding! Woo! Correct! Okay, that was easier than trying to guess the Jack one. (laughs) So Aaron did You All Over Me, and We Were Happy. Jack did Mr. Perfectly Fine. That's when Don't You and Bye Bye Baby. I'm really kind of surprised that he didn't do We Were Happy because I feel like that one's kind of a little bit weird in the instrumentals. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like the instrumentals in We Were Happy, like, really feel reminiscent. And I feel like Jack's really good at, like, invoking emotion in his, like, whatever backtracks or whatever they're Mm -hmm. called, beats and things like that. But so that really surprised me. You go, Aaron. I mean, Aaron's obviously very (laughs) talented, too. I don't know why I'm, like... Handing yeah, Aaron a rose for like this good one. I mean, Aaron's produced a lot of good music with Taylor, so. Mm-hmm. But Jack is Jack. Why don't we talk about which ones are our favorites? Do you have a favorite bonus track or two? Yeah, I would say I have two favorites that are glaringly more favorite for me than the other three. Mm-hmm. And that is, and I feel like this is probably like expected, but Mr. Perfectly Fine and why was that not on the original I know that would have changed my life in middle school (laughs) I know like I feel like that would have been an anthem and you Mm -hmm. know what I kind of assumed when it came out why they didn't include it 
I was maybe thinking they thought Forever and Always was the better version of, like, Mr. Perfectly Fine. Like, it kind of Mm -hmm. sent a similar message, and maybe they had to choose between Forever and Always and Mr. Perfectly Fine. Although, Forever and Always was added last minute, so actually, maybe not. Or what if Forever and Always took Mr. Perfectly Fine's place when it was added last minute? Ah, maybe. This is all a dream world for me. (laughs) But there are two different versions of Forever and Always on the original album. That's true. But that was in the platinum version, right? The piano version was only in platinum, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. (laughs) My second favorite from the bonus tracks is probably That's When. Mm -hmm. And the grammar of it really confused me at first. Like, I feel like the lyrics are kind of confusing until you, like, get what they're saying. They are. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really get it until I saw a thread that broke down the different narratives. Yeah. On Twitter. We retweeted it on our GFAW account at GFA Weekend if you want to see that thread for yourself. But yeah, it's kind of confusing. You have to listen to the the different narratives to get the story. Lyrics-wise, I would say You All Over Me is better than That's When, but I like the melody of That's When way better. Mm -hmm. But how about you? What are your favorite songs? I love Mr. Perfectly Fine. I feel like this would have changed my life when I was like 12. Yes. (laughs) Because it's so good. And I also love the memes about it. Have you seen that one? I think we retweeted it, Allie. It's it's like the lyric, you and your well-pressed suit or whatever that lyric is. And then Uh next to it is a picture of Joe Jonas on the red carpet and like a disgustingly fitted suit of 2008 like doesn't fit him right like completely untailored (laughs) i know the kind like the terrible red carpet looks that they had in 2008 i think i was like they captioned something like this is the well-pressed suit that she's singing about (laughs) i also love the song don't you i feel like that song could have been a 1989 bonus track or on evermore and it would have fit yeah, I felt like Don't You, if it had come out during the original Fearless era, it probably would have sounded way different because there's such a pop influence mm-hmm. in, like, the instrumentals underneath. Yeah, it probably would not have sounded like this. I bet it was a lot more country sounding. Yeah, no, and I, I feel like the instrumentals behind it definitely elevate the song. Mm-hmm. It's haunting. Yes. I also think, like, the beginning line where she says hey, I knew I would run into you somewhere. I think that they intentionally chose somewhere over someday because I was like, why wouldn't they say, hey, I knew I would run into you someday where it rhymes, but they chose somewhere, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like having it not rhyme makes it sound sadder, like more authentic. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I never thought about it saying someday instead. That would make more sense. Hmm. It would rhyme way better, but like... I feel like the non-rhyme evokes more emotion, you know? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I I do like That's When, too. I wasn't Mm -hmm. expecting to like this one. Um, Our listeners may know this. I'm just not a big country music fan. Mm -hmm. But there's something about Keith Urban's voice that's just nostalgic to me. You know, like old country from like the 2000s. It really, hearing his voice just really takes me back and puts me kind of in this 2008 original fearless mindset. So I, it was one of the ones that surprised me that I liked. 
I'm really happy it's, like, Keith Urban and not, like, Blake Shelton or someone. Like, I feel like Keith Urban's just super cool, you know? Yes. I like Keith Urban, okay? I'm a fan of him as a human being. I like Nicole Kidman. Um, I listened to his interview on Dak Shepard's uh, podcast, Armchair Expert, and I was like, damn, I am a Keith Urban stan now, and I never was before, so I'm here for it. He has those cool <laughs> Australian vibes for sure. And just like, yeah, his songs I didn't are know great. he was Australian until what? I heard him talk in an interview. And I was like, how did I not know this my entire <laughs> life? I would have assumed he was from like, I don't know, Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of an interesting concept to have like a country singer who's like not from the mm-hmm. States, you know, since it, like country is supposed to be so Southeastern, you know, United yeah. States. And then he's from Australia. But like, he certainly has a rural experience living in Australia, so. Yeah, love to see it. Also recommend that podcast episode if you want to learn more about Keith Urban yourself. So, Ali, do we have any other thoughts that we want to go over with the bonus tracks before we move on? I will say, not the biggest fan of Bye Bye Baby or We Were Happy. And just, it just hasn't hit me yet, I guess. Yeah, I kind of touched on this. The We Were Happy, I found to be a little too slow-paced for me to like. But then I kind of mentioned this when we were guessing between Jack Ananoff and um, Aaron Dessner. But, like, I feel like they really strategically use the instruments to, like, kind of make it feel like a daydream, you know? Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like it really just makes me feel like reminiscent. I don't know what it is. It's like the soft dings in it, you know? Like, it makes Mm -hmm. me feel like... You just taking you to another time. I'm trying to think of um, the ghost. Transcend. I want to. I'm trying to think of the Christmas movie where the ghost comes and takes you a somewhere. Christmas Carol. Yeah, that's how it makes me feel. A little Interesting. bit. Interesting. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> bye bye baby is. I was going to say, we haven't really talked about Bye Bye Baby at all. Um, I really thought I was going to love Bye Bye Baby. I thought it was going to be a straight up banger. I just feel like with the title being Bye Bye Baby, if you use that much alliteration, I'm going to assume it's a fast tempo song. Mm -hmm. And it was like way slower tempo than I, not that it's like super slow tempo, but like it was just not Mm -hmm. the melody I anticipated. Not hidden. I guess, like, it also makes you think of Bye Bye Bye, you know? So, like, you yeah, kind of thought it true. was going to, like, hit like that. I don't know. I was expecting a lot more sass in Bye Bye Baby. Like, I feel like Me it could have been, like, it could have evoked, like, that old country, like, twang sass, you know? Mm-hmm. Almost like a Dolly Parton song. And it, yeah, yeah. it's good. I mean, it it swings. Like, it has a melody, but, like, it's mm-hmm. not, like, my favorite. For sure not. It's not like Mr. Perfectly Fine where it's like, how is this not on the original? Like, I, I get why Bye Bye Baby wasn't on the original. Yeah, like, it's definitely, I would say, weaker than the others. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Perfectly Fine, I'm sorry, before we move on, I just have to mention, you know, the bridge, like, the big turning moment of it where she says, someday maybe you'll miss me, but by then you'll be Mr. Too Late. Like, I feel like that's so... I'm sorry, but, like, a little bit cringy, but, like, in, like, the good, like, cheesy, romantic, rom-com, like, teenage love kind of way. But, like, I feel like it's super cringy a little bit. I mean, she was definitely 17, 18 when she wrote that, (laughs) you know? (laughs) 
I mean, there's nothing else she could have said there either, you know? And I feel like it's like, and that's kind of why people love Taylor's writing at this time is she kind of uses those cliches, but she makes them new and she makes them exciting. So it's like, I don't know. It just felt like cheesy, cringy teenage love, Mm -hmm. you know, perspective when you're like, then you're going to be Mr. Too Late. Like someone's been talking (laughs) to their mom about their (laughs) ex-boyfriend. Doesn't this song sound like it? belongs on a soundtrack of an Amanda Bynes movie. Yes. Like that genre of movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I do like love it. I love the intro of it the most. Like the intro like is just very fun. Yeah. The instrumentals in the beginning, it just hooks you. Yeah. And I think you had said it like sounds like Jack right off the bat. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we go over our general highs and lows of the album? Other than the bonus tracks. Yes. You start. You give us one of your highs. Okay. Why don't we just go back and forth with ours? Okay. Because I I have have six now since we last spoke. I had three before. Can one of the highs be Sophie Turner putting the Instagram story up? Of course. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we had to mention that about Sophie Turner posting it's not not a bop about Mr. Perfectly Fine. (laughs) Pretty much... Telling the world, yes, this is about Joe Jonas. So Yes. She, and I like that Taylor responded too. I thought that was cute. Yes, and she said, you're my queen of the north. I was like, as a Taylor fan and currently reading Game of Thrones, I was like, (laughs) oh my god, yes, I love. Worlds are colliding. It almost felt as good as when Taylor Swift performed on Phoebe Waller-Bridge's Saturday Night Live. Like, it was almost as good as that moment, but nothing will ever be good for me. But (laughs) (laughs) why don't um, you start, and then we'll go back and forth. So my first note is the mmms and Hey Steven, the mm, 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 mm. It just sounds better. Like, the humming, it's, like, so weird that the humming would be better, but the humming is just so much, like, deeper and richer and it carries the song so well. Is that yours too? You're making a face. You're gonna die. It's actually one of my lows. Really? I don't like her hums and hey, Steven. I mean, I agree they're less breathy and definitely more well done, but I I might as well just read my first low. We're kind of going out of okay. order, but I my, my first low that I have written is I want the same laugh and hums in Hey Steven. Oh, I love the new laugh. The old laugh sounds kind of <laughs> fake. It's like ha, ah, you know, like it's like oh. it sounds forced. The new one sounds real to me. Parentheses to me. But the reason that I miss it is I like I miss that innocence. It sounded so giggly mm-hmm. and like. Part of that is the breathiness of it is like that breathiness kind of made her sound young and giddy and like, Mm -hmm. you know, like just the young person she was and just carrying on with this low since we started on highs. But I'm already talking about lows, even though I love this album. Don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. everyone. I love it. But I think that some of her sass and innocence are both lost in some of the songs. So, for example her sass and tell me why I miss the sass in like in the original when she yeah. would say why she was like why like okay that sounded really <laughs> weird <laughs> but like you know what I mean like she would like yeah. really like 
sound angry with like every time that she said the word why but now she's like singing it and it sounds really good but I want that sass I also want her innocence and superstar I feel like it's weird to hear her singing in superstar from the perspective of how famous she is now yeah that's one of my lows too yeah I just superstar just it's it was a skit for me when fearless came out in 2008 and it's a skit for me now okay I'm kind of hopping all over the place, <laughs> but I might as well just share my first high. I also need to bring this up. I'm sorry, Cressy. I'm skipping your Go turn, ahead. but we'll even it out. It's okay. So then my high would be listening to her songs now has given me a newfound appreciation for some of the lesser known songs from the original. And you're going to die because my most streamed songs right now or Tell Me Why, which I talk about it enough. Everyone already probably would expect that. And Superstar. I actually really like really? Superstar now. Yeah. I think it's awful. <laughs> it's so cringy. It is. I also don't like it from like a feminism standpoint. Not that like it's mm-hmm. just how she felt at that time. She was young and she was like, everyone knows you. No one knows me. And like hearing her sing that now, it's like, girl, you had the power within. No one was better yeah. than you. Not, you know. But I really like the chorus of dim that spotlight. Tell me things like, I can't take my eyes off you. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful rendition. I really think it's cute. Yeah, I, I tried. I'm not singing after I tried to yell the word why. Like, she doesn't tell me why. But what's your next high? My next high is the beginning and the whole song, really, but the beginning drums and The Way I Love You. Or the is it The Way I Loved You or The Way I Love You? The Way I Loved You in the past. But the, the drums in the beginning just are so much stronger than the original. Mm-hmm. And I loved the original. That was one of the songs where I was thinking that may be one where I prefer the old one because I loved the old one so much. Yeah. But just like the background instrumentals are so strong and really yeah. heavy and they just pull you in. It's like it's like a heartbeat almost. Like how mm-hmm. how much whoever was drumming was pounding those drums. Yeah. They did good. <laughs> yeah. No, I I feel like I do agree that that's the way I loved you is better now. Because that song is so heavy on instrumentals. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, so the way that they were able to now use what they know about music to like really enhance that 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. big fan what's your next tie Allie? okay i'll try to keep it to just one of them <laughs> so this is a little more basic but so i think the subtle changes in fearless taylor's version tv and the greater like depth in her voice are why i can't stop listening to it now i was like a little put off by the subtle changes in like her most popular songs like you belong with mm-hmm. me and like fearless like at first I was like oh no like I want like exactly the original but now I feel like it's those subtle changes that are making me want to listen over and over again so it really is elevated and I feel like I kind of touched on this but like the maturity of folklore I can kind of hear it within Taylor's version of fearless now And then, like, Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you the last time I have listened to Fearless from start to finish in the past probably, like, 10 years. Like, I think that the last time I really listened to Fearless from start to finish was when I was 
like, sitting on my bedroom floor growing up, like, listening to it from a CD player. It's just because, like, I will listen to, like, Reputation and Lover and, like, things like that now. Or Red, like, I'll listen to all the time. So I really like that these subtle changes are making me want to listen to Fearless, you know? Like, I, I physically can't stop. It sounds very whole. Yeah. Like, very, like, round and, like, finished and... It's good. It's a good album. <laughs> and I feel like her voice is what kind of draws you in, too. Like, her voice is just so good now. Not that mm-hmm. it was ever bad in, you know, the original, but, like, I feel like her voice just has such depth now that, like, it's just mm-hmm. smoother to listen to. I literally can't stop. Like, it just, it all makes me so happy, too. Like, I just feel straight up happy when I'm listening to Fearless Taylor's version. But what about you? What's your next high? Um, so this is kind of a, a duo of my next ones, Untouchable and Come In With The Rain. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything specific about both of those songs, but I just think they're one of the standouts for me mm-hmm. because her, her voice is just so much more mature mm-hmm. and stronger. Like yeah. Untouchable, that's not an easy song to sing. It gets really high at times. Mm-hmm. And you can tell with a young Taylor who didn't have the strongest voice yet because she was so young, uh, she was kind of struggling with it and they needed maybe some pitch correction here and there. But you yeah. can tell now that she like she is actually singing this and she's yeah. hitting those notes and she is doing that. And I feel like Coming in with the Rain is like a part two of Untouchable. Just a side note, Cressy Theory. I feel like they go together as a pair. Like cheese and wine. I actually, that's another thing about like listening to it all the way through. I feel like there are a ton of recurring themes in Fearless. Like a lot about rage. Joe Jonas. Yeah, it's all about Joe Jonas. <laughs> like she mentions like the guy with the reasons or like you have your reasons and like things like that. Never gave me a reason. All those things. Like she mentions that so many times and then kind of gets all wrapped up and tell me why also she's asking for the reasons Mm -hmm. like I feel like that's why it won the Grammy so many Mm -hmm. years ago not only because it's popularity but it just encompasses that like teenage love experience so well like it's truly incredible yes like the songwriting is so strong and it's like now we're getting that awesome songwriting again but with her more mature voice yeah like and it's just the album is a masterpiece, like, because mm-hmm. it has all the happy songs, all the sad songs. Like, it really just takes you through all of those emotions. 15, she did not have to do us like that <laughs> at all. <laughs> 15 is one of my lows. Oh, no. Okay, you go ahead. Share your low. 15 doesn't hit the same to me, mostly because of the line, we both cried. And the old version, it's like, and we both cried. It, like, really, really... um emphasizes the word yeah. cried or cried you know in her yeah. southern drawl cried. yeah and then in the new version it's like and we both cried yeah it like like the inflection is is like it goes down instead of up yeah. and i don't know why and that i don't want to say it ruins the song because i'm still gonna listen to it you know like i yeah. still like it it's a good song but there's just something so like innocent about like an 18 year old singing about crying when you were 15 yeah. like with your best friend like, we both cried, yeah. you know, like, there's just some, like, that line has always stuck with me, and to hear it, like, not being emphasized, I don't know. That's one of my lows. I feel like that kind of relates to what I had said about her losing some of her sass and her innocence. Like, 
mm-hmm. you know, in Tell Me Why, in 15, in Superstar, like, she was, like, could still relate so heavily to those moments at that time that there is, I would say even with White Horse, I hear more emotion in the original than mm-hmm. in her Taylor's version. But while we're saying this, I feel like, again, we should emphasize, like, the musical aspect and, like, the band and the instrumentals and her voice all much better than the OG, but the OG just has her, like, emotion in the voice that, like... Yeah, like, the raw emotion that you can't hide when you're upset. Yeah, yeah, and I guess also it goes with believability. Like, you know, she was young at that time. Now we know she's singing from the perspective of a 31-year-old, so, like... Mm-hmm. It would have been hard to obtain that believability again. Yeah. And you might not remember as much. Like I said, like being an 18 year old singing about crying when you were 15. It's different when you're 31. I yeah. Guess. Well, you just have so much more perspective worldview, you know, at yeah. that point. And then like also, I feel like I'm negotiating with myself and trying to change my mind. And mm-hmm. also like when you're 31, like, you know, your virginity doesn't matter. <laughs> You know? Yeah. So I can see why We Both Cried doesn't hit as hard. Because, like, you know now, like, it's not real. (laughs) Yeah. It's the patriarchy that makes you feel so bad about it. Yeah. But when you're 15 and someone tells you that they love you, you're going to believe them. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, What's your next high or low? My next high would be the lyric videos for The Best Day and 15 and the little bit of dancing that she shows us in the You Belong With Me yeah. <laughs> lyric video. Those three are on point. Especially The Best Day in 15. Because they're, if you guys don't know, uh, The Best Day is like pretty much a slideshow of videos and pictures of her and her mom and her dad and her family too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 15 is like a slideshow of the same thing of her and Abigail. And I just like, I love that she gave that to us. It's like our MySpace Taylor episode, but as a music video. I know. It's so good. And that kind of helps her get that believability back, you know, by showing, Mm -hmm. like, this is where I was when I wrote it. Like, take a peek into my life at this point, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that kind of helps her seem more relatable to the younger audiences, how we were all so young when we first listened to Fearless. It's sweet. It is sweet. Makes me glad that... um, like, digital cameras were a thing, you know? I know. <laughs> like, imagine if this were just a few years earlier. We would not have as many photos. No, definitely not. And it, like, makes me happy because, like, we all had that digital camera. So it's just funny to see, like, pictures of mm-hmm. super famous Taylor Swift with her digital camera. Just, like, her laying on a couch mm-hmm. or something. And, like, Q-tips up their noses. <laughs> yeah, Oh my gosh, I just realized we forgot to do our April Fool's Day episode where we were going to do an interview with my cat, Stella. We were going to go like, all right, Stella, how do you feel about this question about Taylor? And then we were going to put up the mic to her and it was going to be silence. And then we're going to be like, oh, that's a really good point. (laughs) It was going to be so silly, but I forgot. Yeah, we got lost. Our unofficial um, mascot. Stella and Annie. Two sweet gals. Okay, continuing with my last high. Jump then fall. That was one I slept on, but now I love. Oh. That one was a skip for me back in the day. And now I love the new one. I have heard this from the Facebook page. Like a lot of people saying they slept on Jump then fall. I really think she did a good job with the Taylor's version of it. 
I never slept on Jump Then Fall. I listened to Jump Then Fall so much when I was younger. I think it's because BFF Sam growing up, she said that she really liked that song. So then we would listen to it together with our like mm-hmm. first loves like, ah, oh, yeah, let's jump them falling into, into them. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Some weird shit like that. I have. It's precious. It is. But I do really think that she did a good job with the Taylor's version of Jump Then Fall. I have a final low. Okay. I have one more low, too. Okay. My last low, before Cressy shares hers, is justice for You're Not Sorry CSI Remix. Where is the Taylor's <laughs> version of You're Not Sorry CSI Remix? I forgot about that. I'm really upset. She included Today Was a Fairy Tale. That was not on the bonus album or the normal mm-hmm. album. Where is You're Not Sorry CSI Remix? Imagine how funny that would be. But, like, she's not trying to be funny, obviously, with her Taylor's version. <laughs> but, like, I also just love that version of it. I just yeah, I love it. It's good. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. Maybe that will be a remix one of these days. Maybe, uh, like, a fan will do it. I know. <laughs> I need it. I I love that. I'd probably listen to that version more than the You're Not Sorry Taylor's version or original version. Yeah. It hits hard. (laughs) (laughs) What is your final low? Okay, this one's going to be controversial. I know it. Okay. You belong with me. It's not as good. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why it's not as good. Okay. Her vocals not being great and like kind of like the immaturity works with the theme of the song, you know, mm-hmm. like it just, it like goes with like, I'm not like other girls. Like I wear sneakers, you know? And like, yeah. Like talking about like cheerleading and like being in high school, there's just something with her. I don't want to say weaker voice, but you know what I mean? Like her younger, less mature voice makes that song mm-hmm. work in such a special and unique way that yeah. instantly activates your nostalgia no matter yeah. if you're like grocery shopping or at a bar or something and it comes on, like it, I don't know. Yeah. It takes you to a place and because yeah. her voice is so mature and so much stronger now, it's just, it doesn't have that magical quality to me anymore. Yeah. I see. I mean, I feel like that's probably what is going to be heard the most across, you know, like Taylor fans listening, like people who did experience fearless when they were young you know like they're gonna miss that immaturity of her voice a little Mm bit it's like a really good like nostalgia moment to listen to taylor's version of you belong with me but then it also kind of reminds you of how old you are (laughs) because you're like shit (laughs) like why this is how i would sound if i sang you belong oh god that's me that makes me sound like i'm calling taylor old i'm not calling her old but like Mm -hmm. you know it's it is more from that nostalgic point of view now rather than, like, being in that moment. But, like, it's still... Mm-hmm. I think that You Belong With Me has some of the most blatant changes. And I think that's... They could be most blatant because it's, you know, obviously one of the most popular songs from that album. If not the most popular. Is it the most popular song? Oh, Love Story I, is probably more be. popular. Yeah, that and Love Story. yeah. So I feel like, you know, when you've listened to it so many times, like, you notice the little changes. But, yeah, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying now. And I think that's probably something that a lot of fans 
feel not that I'm speaking for everyone I'm not but I would say that's a common thread Well, why don't we actually hear from some other Taylor fans? Yes. Yeah, let's read some of our listener emails. Allie, do you want to start things off with Katie? Katie says, quote, Hi, Allie and Cressy. I listen to some songs from Fearless often, so I wasn't sure what my reaction would be to hearing Fearless, Taylor's version, for the first time. I felt like I was back in high school and all those feelings I had at 16 and 17 came rushing back. I listen to Fearless every day, and Taylor's words helped me get through so much. My first hardcore crushes, first boyfriends, first rejections, first heartaches. It helped me escape my not-so-great home life, and there were songs I related to when I was falling for the guy I'm still with 10 years later. Wow, that's amazing. Aw, that's so sweet. I know, like, what a special, like, moment. Um, But listening Thursday night... I relived all those memories, the good and the bad. It had new meaning with Taylor's adult voice. I have come so far and I had gotten through all the things that felt impossible at the time, but now are mere memories. Her voice was so perfect, especially with Tell Me Why and Fearless Piano version. I fell in love with change. I loved it all. Thanks for the podcast. I love being a part of this group. End quote. Thank you, Katie. We love having you too. Yes. That's so sweet that you can... Listen to these and think about the same person. And everyone no, thought that's that amazing. that was impossible. <laughs> when she said um, listening made her feel the, like, you know, all the things of, like, her first hardcore crushes and first rejections, first heartaches, I feel like I'm going to be distraught when the Red re-recordings come out mm-hmm. because I went through my first big breakup right when Red came out. And that's just going to be a shitstorm of, like, <laughs> emotions. But Red's that way either way, you know? Mm-hmm. But it did kind of come out in that moment for me. But I definitely, I feel like Fearless for me makes me feel like that optimistic, like, head-in-the-clouds girl I was when I was young, mm-hmm. you know? like Yeah, wistful. Yeah, like, in Fearless, like, he made me go into the store in my best dress. Like, that was, like, my dream of, like, a perfect date. Like, when you still think that rom-com dates can happen in real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing. So, I feel you, Katie. Yeah. Why don't I take it away with our next one from Brittany? Brittany starts her email off with, quote, Hi, ladies. Just because it's a different situation, my fearless reactions aren't going to be as intense and detailed as my Evermore reactions, lol. But a few huge reactions below. 15. One of the big moments I was waiting for was Taylor saying we both cried during <gasps> Fearless. Oh, that's what I said. I thought it would be just as intense, if not more intense, of a moment than it was in the OG version because of Abigail's alleged divorce. I was disappointed at first for sure because it felt anticlimactic same, but the more I think about it, it's way sadder this time around being a softer moment. Abigail and Taylor didn't know what was ahead of them. Re-heartbreak then, but that was only the beginning. This is a way more adult version of that moment. Incredibly nostalgic instead of in the moment. Okay, that makes me appreciate the difference now because I guess it's kind of sadder with the softness it kind of shows how little that heartbreak is in comparison to like the divorce and like the adult things they're going through Mm -hmm. now yeah very good point yeah that is a good point continuing quote 
Hey Steven, I know a lot of people feel mediocrely on this song, but this was my dance around the living room at 12.15 a.m. or whatever time it was moment the night it came out. All my love to Hey Steven forever. Yes, queen. Yes. Love the mm-mm-mms. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not me, but I still love the song. <laughs> Continuing, quote, Tell me why you're not sorry the way I loved you. I love this streak of songs in a row. Always have on the album. But my one thing I must say about these three is vocals, Taylor. I'm just so proud of the distance her voice has gone within these 13 years. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, it's really like it speaks for itself. Like her voice Mm -hmm. is just perfection. Quick side note. Someone... It was one of my friend's birthdays this past weekend, and I met some of her friends, and she said, my reputation precedes me, but, like, not quoting Taylor, and it took everything I had in my body to not be, like, oh my god, Taylor said that. I know. Oh my god. Okay, continuing with Brittany's email. Forever and always and piano version. I... Always was a bigger fan of the OG version versus the piano version. Also, this is my favorite song on the album and is in like my top 20 to 25 Taylor songs of all time. But the re-records have made me love the piano version almost more than the OG. This solely may be due to the moment of silence. The silence that cuts me to the core. To the core. Where is this going? Yeah, I love, I've always loved the piano version for both of them. Yeah, I I feel like I was kind of on the side of the non-piano version for Forever and Always at mm-hmm. first. Kind of, I just like that anger and that intensity that comes mm-hmm. from that. Like, the piano version is obviously way sadder, but I really like the part where she, like, goes up really, I can't even attempt to sing this, but where she goes, it's a lot of O's, like, ah. oh mm-hmm. my god, that is not even close. But you know what I'm talking about? I know you mean, version. yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like if you listen to um, Forever Noise piano version, you know the part I'm talking about. And I feel like it's just very powerful. It kind of shows, Agreed. like, the normal Forever Noise version versus the piano version of Forever Noise kind of shows how someone who's, like, super angry about a situation can also be super sad about a situation, mm-hmm. which is really cool if you think about it. Two sides to every coin. Yes, and I'm a big fan of both as well. Mm -hmm. continuing quote the best day just hits harder after everything taylor and andrea have gone through change okay i'm a change stan and this feels way more rock than country i know it always had rock vibes but did they turn up the electric guitars for taylor's version according to that one professor she sure did yeah what's his name michael lee a lee Yeah, I feel like the songs that are the best on the Taylor's version, like the most improved, like everything is amazing. Again, this is all I listen to. But I feel like the songs that really are elevated with the Taylor's version are those very heavy instrumental songs Mm -hmm. that like were built with heavy instrumentals and then they just like brought them to Taylor's version and elevated them even further. So for instance, that's the way I loved you and change. It's like the difference between a Hershey bar and like a really, really gourmet, fancy, expensive chocolate bar. (laughs) Like, you know, like the really fancy ones that are like $8 for like a regular Hershey size. It's like the difference between, like they're both good. Both chocolates, still going to eat both. Yeah. Still going to love both. Big fan of Hershey's work. Yes. 
But when you get that gourmet one, it's like, damn. Yeah. This is good. I feel like listening to, like, Change now, it's like, ooh, that song has aged like fine wine. And that was a song that was about Chi and Scott Borchetta's journey. Yeah. And now it's about us. It's about us. And her journey. Her success. She did it. Okay, continuing. The other side of the door. Taylor's version has made me realize this outro is everything. Why have I been sleeping on this song? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely did not love this song on the original, but I do listen to it now. I, I don't um, skip as often as I used to. I think it's stronger on Taylor's version than it is on the original because I mm-hmm. like the other side of the door. Same with um, Come In With The Rain. I never listened on the original Come versions. Come In With The Rain. Yeah, I like them singer. better now. <laughs> I, know, I, I keep... love Common. I've always loved that song. I don't know why this wasn't more heavily featured in my highs, but it's just so good now. It makes me want to yeah. curl up in a, a window seat in a library while it's thunderstorming and just slowly fall asleep. Yeah. That I... is my dream. I, I have know. none of those things. I do not have a window seat <laughs> or a library. It would oh also have to be on a second, at least a second story for the privacy factor. I've thought about this. <laughs> you really <laughs> thought about this dream. Of you know, yours. when you're like trying to fall asleep, so you like imagine yourself in really comfy scenarios. I do this. Dream big, Cressy. I put on my rain sounds playlist <laughs> and I pretend I'm in a window seat in a library. And this song makes me think about that pretend memory. Anyway, Everything you- I should continue. Everything you just said just, like, validates you even further as a Taylor Swift fan. Like, everything <laughs> you said puts you in the group that would make you a Taylor Swift fan. That you, like, daydream to fall asleep. <laughs> she made me this way. This is all Taylor's fault, okay? It just, it just adds up, Cressy. It just really adds up. <laughs> okay, continuing. We're almost done with Britney's email. Quote, you all over me and that's when. These are my two favorite vault songs. My sister isn't a Swifty at all, and when I think about which songs I would show her to make her love Taylor, it would be these two. We love country music, and I can just see these two songs living on mainstream country radio constantly. And that's Mm -hmm. what's so interesting is that they were written so long ago, and they still would fit country radio in 2021. I... Definitely agree with that's when. Like, I feel like that's when I'd be surprised if it, yeah. Especially being Keith Urban and Taylor Mm -hmm. Swift. Like, I feel like, I don't know if it's on country radio yet, but I feel like it will be. Does it have to be a single to be put on country radio? I don't know how country radio works. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel every time I listen to it because Mm -hmm. I'm just like, this song would really fit on the radio. You All Over Me, I think, is also. The, the lyrics in You All Over Me are probably my favorite lyrics from the Vault songs. Mm-hmm. I think they have the strongest lyrics of all of them, but I feel like that song's a little too slow to be like a popular, super popular country song. Yeah, and I like Nobody No Crime and Where Is Heim. Where the heck is Marin? I don't hear her at all. Oh, I hear her a little bit. I don't know her voice that well, so maybe that's why I am not picking up on it, but it's like, where? Okay, I feel like I hear it, but I also think I hear things because in the song Superstar, I swear I hear Joe Jonas's vocals harmonizing <laughs> with Taylor Swift, and I think okay. that's all in my brain. I think my brain is perceiving things that aren't actually <laughs> there. My brain is playing tricks on me. 
Speaking of Joe Jonas, our next episode next Thursday, y'all. Ooh, heavily, heavily Joe Jonas. There's a lot we're going to be talking about, so stay tuned. I'm really excited for our next one. If you're a Joe Jonas person. Ooh, and I'm going to talk about how big of a fan I was. Personally, I've always been more of a Nick girl. I feel like there's two types of people in the world. Allie, we got to save it for the next episode. We got to save it. Okay, uh, finishing Brittany's email. That's it for me. Can't wait until the episode comes out, XOXO. P.S. Allie, your thesis was amazing. I loved reading it. Thank you so much for sending heart emojis. Brittany. That that is so nice. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you, Brittany. I'm so happy someone's reading my thesis that I (laughs) poured my sweat and tears into for, you know, two years. And typed out the word television. (laughs) And typed out the word television. Now I can't stop saying television instead of TV. Um, but thank you for listening. Brittany asked for it after my happy Women's History Month, I guess. Don't blame Allie, where I talk about feminism. Go women. Yay. Yeah, girl power. But thank you, Brittany. I appreciate the support. Moving on to our next Fearless Taylor's Version reaction from Tyler. Tyler says, quote, Hey, Gfa, my name is Tyler, and I've been listening to y'all for a few months now. I started listening to Taylor Swift in the 1989 era, so I missed some of her first few albums. Obviously, I know the popular songs of her past, but I've never listened to many of the Fearless songs. After she announced that she was re-recording her albums, I was excited because I was getting four brand new albums I've never mostly heard, so I didn't go back and listen to the originals. Here's some of my reactions. Before we go into his reactions, I think that's so cool. That's like something that I never even considered for like really true like deep Swifties like the fact that some Swifties really didn't experience every album Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like extra cool for the re-recordings then it really is like four new albums and like the elevated version of them Allie I'm about to blow your mind right now are you ready okay yes this time last year we were still in the lover era and we have had 40 new songs since then oh my god that's insane We were still, oh, I have a little one line a day journal where I write one note about each of my days. And I I sent a photo to Cressy the other day because it literally said, Sam made me dinner tonight. And then Cressy and I had a Taylor Swift themed Zoom party because we didn't get to go to Lover because of COVID. And like that was before the podcast had even like had an inception. Like we had never, we hadn't even started. I think I like said to Cressy that night, we should do a Taylor Swift podcast. And you're like, no, we can't be those people that start a podcast in a pandemic. And then the next day we were like... Then we sure did. But guess what? We're still running. So... Yeah. Top 2%, baby. That's all thanks to y'all. Back to Tyler, though. Okay. Back to Tyler's reactions. He's why we're here. Yes. You know, um, like those PBS commercials? That's like, this is dedicated to viewers like you. This episode is dedicated to listeners like Tyler. Tyler says, quote, fearless. Wow, what an opener. I love the guitar. Head first, fearless. All caps. Next, 15. The Abigail mentions, though. (laughs) I love this. Next, hey, Steven. What a sassy, catchy song. Love it. Humming all the way. He must like the humming in the TV version better than the OG. Although he never listened to the OG, so true jury's still out (laughs) um next white horse sobbing cowboy magical track five 
Oh my god, I forgot that White Horse was a track five. My thoughts about White Horse, sixth grade talent show, when I sang our song, there was a girl who sang White Horse. There was two people singing Taylor Swift at this talent show. Oh my gosh. That's her impact though. Yeah. Next, Breathe. Chills Everywhere, Masterpiece. I have something to say about Breathe. Um, Colby Calais, like, posted on her Instagram story or something, like, I wrote this back, you know, way back when, and we thought it would be the perfect addition to Fearless. So I thought that was kind of interesting that, like, Colby Calais, I don't know if I'm, like, I'm assuming Taylor probably, like, helped write certain parts of it, but, like, if it started as a Colby Calais song, that's Mm -hmm. actually super interesting. Yeah. Because it does fit so well into Fearless. Next, You're Not Sorry. Heartbreak, crying, chills, vocals, fierce, mad at myself for not listening to this sooner. (laughs) (laughs) I love that, Tyler. Tyler's next reaction, that's the way I loved you. Iconic, screaming the lyrics at my TV. (laughs) Same. Forever and always. My favorite so far, she went off. Back up, baby, back up. The vocals on the piano version, though, brain exploding. The Best Day, a sweet tribute to her mother. Change, I love this song so much. Love the hallelujahs. Today was a fairy tale. Three fairy emojis. That pretty much encapsulates everything. Mr. Perfectly Fine, country, pop, bop, one of my faves. Mm -hmm. We Were Happy, crying. Love the Keith Urban background vocals. And then that's when Tyler's final reaction. Three fire emojis, fave vault song, end quote. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Tyler. I think we agree with it all. I mean, I I like that that's when is his favorite vault song. Like, because I'm like, oh, it's like one of my favorites. But like him saying like, for sure, my favorite. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's some that's when stands out there for the favorite vault song. So. I bet it will win a CMA for, like, best collaboration or whatever that would be called for the CMAs. Yeah, and, like, the meaning behind it, like, how she said that she was opening for Keith Urban or, like, touring with him at this time, and then he got to be on this Taylor's version of it. Yeah, when she's so sweet. So big now and, like, and so successful. I just think it's a very sweet moment. We love to see it. We love to see it. So our next email is from Hannah. Hi, Cressy and Allie. I'm Hannah, and I just started listening to G-Fall a couple months ago. So good. Anyways, my reaction. I honestly was so excited when she announced that she was re-recording her old albums, and then to find out she was starting with Fearless was especially emotional. I'm 15, so a younger Swifty, and this was my first Taylor album I'd ever listened to. I was absolutely obsessed with it when I was eight, especially 15. And I remember wondering what it would feel like to listen to it when I was actually 15. And now I'm listening to 15, Taylor's version, and it's so full circle. I love how throughout the whole album, it's nostalgic, but also new at the same time. I totally rediscovered Forever and Always. Damn, what a banger. Same with You Belong With Me. And oh my God, when she laughs and hey, Steven, I died. It was perfect. The whole thing is so good, and I'm obsessed yet again. Hannah, end quote. Thank you, Hannah. Yeah, thank you. That is so sweet that you get to listen to Fearless again at 15. Yeah, like what a special moment for you to listen to 15 when you're 15 and see the slideshow of Taylor when she was 15. Yeah. I feel like that's very inspirational. That's so special. And she likes the laugh and haste even better in TV than the OG. I think it's more, um, what's the word? Authentic. 
authentic. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, I'm definitely not hating on it. I liked it, mm-hmm. but you already know where I stand. Quick, uh, I did DM Steven today of <laughs> Hey Steven, trying to get him on an episode. Fingers crossed, very low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Our efforts to get Spencer Pratt on the podcast did not We want to get well. Spencer on too. I also emailed Liz Rose. I doubt any of those will work out. But we we're have trying. each other. Yes, we're trying. For now, we'll just stick to Cody, my mom, and my sister. <laughs> and I feel like Chastin is an unofficial guest because he pops in. Oh, yeah. Chastin has been a guest more than once. So. <laughs> Shout out to Chastin. Yes, thank you. We'll be hearing from him soon. So, Our next Fearless TV reaction comes from Amelia. Quote, hey, ladies. So Fearless, Taylor's version, where do I even start? The crisp guitar, the hard-hitting drums, the countryness of everything, the lyric videos that held all the Fearless Era treasures, the vocals that came back stronger than the 90s trends, the lyrical genius, the vault songs that have already found a special place in my heart. Fearless TV was a whirlwind of laughter, excitement, tears, nostalgia, and sparkles. And all of that magic, the album that made me a fan, is now officially owned by Taylor. I couldn't be prouder, end quote. So true. I think we haven't really mentioned, Ali, that Taylor owns everything that we're talking about. Isn't that crazy? I know. She actually owns it all. It's amazing. If she wasn't a legend already, she's just becoming more of a legend by doing this and really, you know, sticking it to the man. I really like it. Why don't we hear from friend of the pod, Carrie? Yes. She says, quote, Damn, this Fearless album has me feeling nostalgic. One minute, a married 27-year-old woman, and the next, I'm in ninth grade, wearing a Twilight t-shirt, crying and singing at the top of my lungs. But I miss screaming and fighting and kissing in the rain. End quote. I love that. Carrie, I hope you still have your Twilight t-shirt, too. And I hope it has Taylor Lautner on it. (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, our last listener reaction is from Chustin. And he was the only person to use our hotline. So thank you, Chesson. I was talking to Allie. I thought I broke it somehow. (laughs) I thought I set it up incorrectly. So thank you for showing. It does, in fact, work. And you used it. So thank you. Take it away, Chesson. Hey, ladies. It's Chesson. Sorry that I'm getting this in late. I had a bunch of craziness happen. A bunch of thunderstorms that rolled through. Anyways, my fearless reaction. I mean, there's not even words to put into this answering machine that will do it justice. Very quickly, though, um, having become a very, very, very hardcore Swifty during the 1989 era, it is absolutely amazing to be able to um, live or relive these eras. I was always a Taylor fan. Um but being able to go back into these eras as like a hardcore Swifty um, is a gift that, um, you know, is something we really never expected to be able to get. Um, and so while her having to record her albums, uh, re-record her albums is, you know, kind of shitty because of the circumstances. Um, it's kind of kind of a gift that I feel like we're all going to willingly accept, obviously. Um, as far as the vault songs go, 
how amazing is it that we get to see Taylor at the age she is now dip back into her age then um, and sing those songs from her young perspective at her age now. I think that is absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, uh, I am so excited for um, the next three recordings. And thank you so much, Taylor, for letting us relive these eras uh, with you. And congratulations on claiming what is rightfully yours. There is so much power in what she's doing. Um, and I cannot wait to experience it for the other albums. She fall out. I think that's what the kids say. Thank you, Chestin. We were worried about you because we hadn't heard from you. We were like, where's Chestin's We were going to perform a welfare check. I know. <laughs> we're going to track you down and make sure you were still there. So thank you so much for being our first hotline caller ever. So yes. shout out to Chestin. Great plug for the hotline. But that being said, I mean, yeah, like I, I like that he said congratulations to Taylor. Let's all take a moment to appreciate what she's done here for herself that she deserves. You know, like, she really is that bitch. You know, like, she's yeah. really just out there doing it. Like, I just, I guess we, we should mention, too, do you know that Kelly Clarkson tweet about mm-hmm. when everything was going down between, you know, her music being sold to Scooter Braun? And Kelly Clarkson literally tweeted to Taylor, hey, Taylor, you should just record a new version. I would listen to that version over <laughs> your old versions just out of principle. And then flash forward and here we are. Who knows if that really was the inception of the thought, if Taylor was already thinking about it. Who knows? But thank you, Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> Shout out Kelly Clarkson. And we didn't quote this in our episode, but um, in that interview with that professor, Michael A. Lee, he started it by saying that we need to point out that it is not easy to record an exact copy. And she essentially Mm-mm. did that and made it better. Like that's a very difficult thing to do technically. So this yeah. is not an easy task. And she's going to do this again and again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's locked in. So to finish this episode, why don't we talk about what we think is next? I fully believe the first theory. I don't know the reasoning behind it, but the first theory is that the order the re-recordings will come out and is Fearless, 1989, as in the one being an I, Red, Speak Now, Taylor Swift. Huh. And it makes sense to me that she would start with her big ones because those are the ones that are being played like on the radio and at like restaurants and mm-hmm. stuff still. So she would want those mm-hmm. quickly out there and it makes Mm -hmm. sense that she would start with her two grammy award-winning albums yeah i would say that i fully subscribe to the theory that 1989 is coming next also the fact that we already heard the snippet of wildest dreams in Mm -hmm. spirit we've seen this film before it also happened with the commercial for e-harmony or whatever with love story and when she was on stephen colbert and she had that mood board there's a picture of Stephen Colbert that when you Google Stephen Colbert at 1989, that's the picture that comes up. Oh my God. So I think it's next. And I think Fearless was a perfect album to get everyone pumped and nostalgic and ready for new ones. And now it's 1989. I think it's going to come out in August, which is my birth month. 
Leo season when I'm at my most powerful. This is wishful thinking. If 1989 comes out in August 2021, I will lose my goddamn mind. (laughs) I, oh my god, I, wow. (laughs) Yeah. It would be awesome if it came out sooner, though. I feel like this is just on brand for me. I feel like it's going to be coming out sooner than August. I ho- I wish it would I hope come so. out in August. I mean, that would be great since that is your favorite era and they would be coming out on your birth month. Like, I feel like that would be amazing. Oh, boy. I feel like it's going to be sooner. I hope so. If 1989 is next, what do we think will be the lead single? Not including Wildest Dreams since that was in the commercial. I, okay, so I, I'm guessing that, I, I guess Wildest Dreams will probably be the first one. But if not, or the second one, what's going to be next? I think it's either Shake It Off or Blank Space. Uh, that's really hard. What came out first when 1989 came out? Shake It Off. Hmm. See, I feel like, oh, I don't know, but Blank Space, she said in the 1989 World Tour, it was her most successful song to date. Mm-hmm. And it honestly, like, Blank Space is amazing. Allie, we're going to get her saying, I can make the bad guys good for a weekend again. It's just so good. Thank you for listening to another episode of Good for a Weekend. Yes, if you can please leave us a review, it would help us so much. Also, if you want to hit that subscribe button, We'd love to have you back with the next episode. (laughs) Yes, our next episode is going to be really freaking good, y'all. It's Mm -hmm. about songs about Taylor. (laughs) We're going to flip it. Yes. And boy, there's going to be, there's there's some stuff on there that y'all don't know about. I did some deep research. I started researching this episode before I started researching this episode. So it's going to be good. I feel like I'm excited for this next episode because it's going to like feel like our typical GFOG content because mm-hmm. like we were doing like all these random episodes and then all of a sudden it was like album, 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 album. Folklore everywhere, then, fearless. Yeah. yeah. So like we're excited to, you know, kind of dive into the more unknown sides of Taylor and her relationship with popular media. Yeah. What this podcast was intended for. And with that being said, you can also follow us on all of our socials at GFA Weekend, and you can join the Discord. There's a link in our show notes. You can also find any sources for this episode at gfaweekend.com. We include media and things mentioned there for all of our episodes, so check that out. And thank you again for listening to another episode. Uh, We've said this before. We love y'all so much. Um, We love you. It is so exciting that we're a top 2% podcast. It's very validating because we've put a lot of work into this, so it's just so awesome. And... Shout out to Taylor for bringing us all together. I feel like we're all friends. We're all a little family of Taylor stands, and we couldn't be happier. G-Fall out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 